Well, we've reached the last or fourth of our mini-series on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Today we're going to be speaking about a central, central belief that we have as Christians, the notion of the spirit of love and how God's spirit that is a spirit of love helps us to engage prejudices and, you know, things that would separate us, that would break God's image in society and in others. So that conversation with Alan is coming up next. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit and Ellen's been opening up some wonderful insights for us about our relationship with God in the Holy Spirit and how that changes us and changes the world around us. My experience has been, Ellen, that often when it comes to these issues of, of the Holy Spirit, it, it can be rather controversial and, and uh, sometimes even bring a little bit of division. But I, I get the feeling that the spirit of love is sent to bring unity and reconciliation and transformation. Absolutely, Dion. And that was difficult for the early church to get their head and their heart around mm -hmm. because in their context, they, they were used to segregation. Um, Jew and Gentile were segregated. I mean, there were laws in, in both um, camps that kept people separate. Sure. And uh, it was a very segregated society based on class and religion, rituals of purity a Jew was not allowed into a Gentile's house, for mm. example. So how's this? One day you've got Peter. Now, I mean, this is the famous Peter. This is Peter who's hung out with Jesus for a number of years, listened to all his teaching. And uh, this is Peter who has been instructed by Jesus to feed his sheep. And Peter, Peter is, is praying one day. But he's, a, he's got a distracted prayer life, Dion, <laughs> which is good for me to hear because, you know, my prayer life is sometimes quite distracted. Mm. And as he is praying, he's beginning to think of lunch. Mm. They, you, know, you know, when your tummy starts speaking to you when you're praying, yeah. you can't really. Yeah. So Peter is, is praying and he's distracted. At the same time, Dion, a person by the name of Cornelius, who is a, an army officer in the Roman army, and uh, he's also praying. So we learn something, Dion, that they're devout people across different faiths. Mm. He's not struggling, though, with his prayers. He's praying, and he connects with God in his prayer, and God speaks to him, and he answers God straight away. He knows that it's God. God doesn't have to repeat God's self. And basically what God says, Cornelius, there's a guy called Peter. Go to him, and through him, uh, you'll learn and grow in, in the faith. So Cornelius immediately dispatches his messengers and he acts. At the same time, Peter's praying, remember, but he's quite distracted and he has this, um, all this whole menu that comes down and some of the food on the menu is not kosher. Mm. So he refuses to eat, but he hears this voice, eat. He says, no, this is unclean. He says, nothing that I've made is you know, clean, unclean. And... Um, it's God having this conversation through this metaphor of, of food and um, speaks to him about, you know, making a connection. And Peter doesn't get it. God has to repeat God's self three times. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. The, the follower of Jesus needs God to repeat three times, but the so-called pagan got it first time. 
Dion, we need to be very humble. Mm. Sometimes the believers get it slower than the unbelievers, so to speak. We, we, there's no place for arrogance. There's no place in thinking that we connect with God and others don't. Mm. Sometimes it's the irreligious, Dion, that have a connection with God that we don't. So um, just as he opens his eyes, he's still puzzled. The messengers are there. And then he puts two and two together that, ah, the, the dream, the vision is about these Gentiles coming to him. Now, we've got to hand it to, to Peter. He goes with them. Now, please note, this is against everything that he's been taught in Sunday school, everything that he was taught in seminary. Wow. If the bishop had to find out, Dion, that he was going now with these messengers to Cornelius' house. He'd be in big trouble. He'd be in big trouble. He'd, had a, he'd have a disciplinary hearing in the synod, and uh, potentially he may even be chucked out of the ministry. Wow. So it is incredible how the Holy Spirit begins to work to cross boundaries. And there he finds Cornelius, and they connect. And what does Peter discern? He discerns God's presence, God's spirit, in Cornelius, as does Cornelius with Peter, and they connect. And so then Peter concludes that God and the Holy Spirit is alive and present in the lives of those who are not Jews, Hmm. in other words, Gentiles. And Dion, this led to the first synod, of the early church in Acts chapter 15, they had a debate about should a Gentile first become a Jew before they become a Christian mm. or can they simply become a Christian? And I'm using the word Christian in a, in a light sense because they were called the people of the way, followers of Jesus, in other words. And uh, there was a big debate. And thankfully, Peter won the debate to say no. I've seen the Holy Spirit at work in Gentiles. You don't have to first get circumcised and become a Jew. And so we should be welcoming all. And, and that was the key. If that hadn't happened, Dion, um, Christianity would have been another little sect. But now it became an all-inclusive movement. And uh, there's a challenge for us that today... We need to remain all-inclusive and be open to finding God in others, especially those that we least think have a relationship with God. Listen to more teachings and discussions at www.mannerandmercy.org or connect with us by texting a message to plus two seven seven eight two seven eight five three hundred. Well, I'm constantly amazed at how quickly I forget as a Christian, as someone who aspires to follow the ways of Christ and be disciplined in the ways of Christ as someone who longs to be more like Christ, how quickly I forget the importance of living in the Spirit and living by the power of the Spirit. I remember some years ago being involved in one or another activist cause, which was very important to me, and uh, someone saying to me, "Are are you a political activist of some kind? And responding to them to say, no, I'm just a Christian who's trying to be obedient to Christ. And sometimes I forget just how important it is to live in love and to live with the power of the love of the Spirit 
to address the many ills that we face in society. So I hope today's discussion has been interesting and helpful to you and that it invites you again into a deeper and closer relationship with God in the Holy Spirit. So thanks for listening today. Uh, Next week, we're going to start turning towards Saul and Paul, uh, the writer of almost two thirds of the New Testament corpus. And that's going to be a very interesting journey. So do join us in the next episode for that.